Why did the dust bunny fall in love with a Roomba? It was swept off its feet. What's faster than the speed of light? The speed of your dad saying, turn off the lights. What happened to the cat who ate a ball of yarn? She had mittens. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was, was a bit of a, you know, a, a clown. Why can't you give me the respect that I'm entitled to? I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart bone exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. From the world-famous Cardiff Electric Network Studios, it's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, and uh, the, uh, oh, there's, and Tacey. Yeah, Do- whatever. Dr. Scott is a traditional... Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's a yeah. traditional Chinese medical practitioner who gives me street cred with the whack alternative medicine assholes, and Tacey is my partner in all mm-hmm. things. Hello, Tacey. Yeah. What? What's going on? Mm-hmm. This is a show for people who never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call, 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine or at DRScottWM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your health care provider. Please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com, stuff.drsteve.com uh, for all of your uh, shopping needs. I checked out the link. It still works. And I took off some stuff that was, you know, just broken links and stuff in there. So go check it out, stuff.drsteve.com. You can still get uh, pre-order on the Roadie Coach. Okay. Uh, R-O-A-D-I-E coach and so it's roadie.drsteve.com or you can just go to stuff.drsteve scroll down and look at it the roadie coach is um, not, a, not a tuner this time but something that will teach you how to play your instrument so if it's going to help me it would be really good yeah, well we'll see we'll see uh, <laughs> yeah. they're sending this one I thought cool. it would be better for you to have it than for me so yeah. we'll try it I need to help and then uh, check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net and check out Tacey and me at patreon.com slash weird medicine it's all, all different content all fun content it's all Tacey giving me you know giving me down the road for saying this that <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. It's actually it's a good it's a good show. And a hundred percent of your phone calls uh, that are sent to the Patreon address get addressed on the Patreon show. So that's Patreon.com/slash Weird Medicine. And I did a couple of cameos for Father's Day. 
the, the you know, I, I, I'll do whatever. I don't care. It's $5. Who cares? It's basically nothing, and I get three of that. Thank you. But it all, <laughs> all goes toward ham radio, and I'll say whatever you, basically you want. I'll say fluid to your mama or, you know, whatever. So one person. It's all about the daddy this weekend. That's right. But, the, yeah, the, one person wanted me to tell his dad to make sure he got another cystoscopy. And I said, yeah, uh, make sure that you have this tube jammed up there so you can feel like you're pissing razor blades for a week. So that was a little bit of a personal one <laughs> for Dr. Scott and me. But anyway. Yep. All right. You got anything else? Nope. Let's get into it. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. I think somebody hijacked your URL uh, last week. Oh, wow. Because I would go to simplyherbals.net, and it took me to something called Simply Herbal Naturals. Do you know those people? No. Are those no. the ones that tried to sue you? No, no, no. But I, 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 and, I, and I got on there after you did I think it was And then it was thing. fine. Yeah, it was fine, yeah. But it yeah. Was, I did it on several different computers, and they were doing a redirect to the wrong Simply Herbals. So if anybody had a problem with that, try it again. It seems to be fixed. Yes, please. All right. Yeah, Very thanks, good. Dr. Okay. Um, Tacey, you have some topics? Of course I do. Oh, I do. oh no. <laughs> Say, of course I do. <laughs> it's Tacey's time of topics. Yeah. A time for Tacey to discuss topics of the day. Not to be confused with Topic Time with Harrison Young, which is copyrighted by Harrison Young and Area 58 Public Access. And now, here's Tacey. Well, hello, everyone. First of all, hello. Hello. fucking gun class today. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should probably oh, talk no. about that. I now have an enhanced gun carry permit. Yes, you do. And hate, hate, H-A-T-E, guns. Hmm. Hate them. Do you? To the point where I almost you just don't know how to cried during the part where we were shooting. And I thought I failed the test, which, by the way, if you ever want to get a gun, Tennessee wants you to have one. <laughs> they mm-hmm. certainly yeah, do. Because they, do. they um, it, it could not be easier. The distractors, listen. one of the distractors, it said, um, what was that thing? It said, uh, what is this uh, thing, uh, this license that you're going for called? And one of the distractors was correct, which was Tennessee advanced, you know, carry permit or whatever. And then one of the distractors was uh, concealed machine gun permit. And, you know, I'm really they said that some people have failed the test, but I don't know how in the world they could possibly (laughs) do that unless they just didn't speak English and they were just doing it at random. Yeah. (laughs) They do want you to have it, don't they? It was the very least fun I've had in a very long time. (laughs) Okay, why did you do it? I did it for Father's Day for Steve. Thank you, thank you. We'd been talking about it for over 20 years. Had I done it a long time ago, I probably wouldn't have gotten so upset, but I was just... In a way today, I guess. One thing you don't like is to not feel fully... um, you know, able to display your full aspect. In other words, you don't like it when you're put in a situation where you don't exactly know how to do something. Didn't know how to do and w- not a fucking thing. So, but now you came out of there. The instructor was very patient with her. You have to shoot 50 rounds, 20 at 5, 20 at uh, 10, no, 20 at 7. No, 3, 5, and 7 is what it is. 
yards, so 9 feet, 15 feet, and 21 feet. And uh, he had a um, twenty, like a Ruger ten, you know, Ruger uh, twenty two pistol, mm. and um, you know she learned how to uh, load the magazine, which I didn't realize you didn't know how to do. Nope, didn't know how Putting to do it. Putting the bolts in backwards, st- standing straight up, all kinds of stuff. But you got it by the by the fifth magazine. You got mm-hmm. it, and then um, how to shoot, and she beat some people in shooting that had were there that had done it a bunch. So. Which is funny because I have not shaken like that in a million years. Yeah. I yeah. was I, nervous. Well, you hadn't had any wine yet, too. So. I had a physician once <laughs> tell me, one of my favorite physicians, and he said, what? there are gun people and there are not gun people. Yep. And that could not be further from the, proof, it the couldn't truth. It couldn't be further from the truth? It could not be. It, no, it, true. it is so true. Yeah. Excuse me. No, I'm just. I, so I anyway, want to understand. I thought all of a sudden that meant that you were. No, a no, big no, 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 no. That's just what I normally would say after I said a statement like yeah. that. But, but so. Um, I think there are people who are afraid to handle a firearm. They should have respect for it, and then other people who are. Have done it some, and they find you know they're more comfortable with it, and they found it fun. Well, so, I, and those two groups can the one can become the other. Well, I think that you are part of this little group that likes to. I like that popping of the P. That yeah, likes okay. to um, bully us non-gun what? people into becoming gun people, and some people oh, are not gun people. Oh, you feel bullied. And I have am so sick of of some of my friends telling me. You just need to get used to it. Oh, you need yeah. to know how to defend yourself. Well, mm. what if I can't? Can I not do it in another way yeah, other than you can. blowing a hole through One somebody? One of the things that he talked mm-hmm. about was using uh, pepper gel. And not he, he ruled out, he said, if you're not going to use a gun, mm-hmm. don't use pepper spray. Right. Uh, you know, it disperses and stuff. Uh, and don't use wasp spray because a lot of the people there were like, well, we're, we're gonna, we use wasp spray. And he said, well, that's actually considered a poison. You know, uh, wasp spray is um, a deadly know, weapon. Uh, neurotoxic. It, it's neurotoxic. It yeah. blocks the uh, mus- muscle junctions. It's a, you know, phospho whatever. I can't, I can't remember. It's a phosphorus containing uh, blockade of acetylcholine uh, receptors. Oh. And um, so it actually uh, blocks the, the you know, now I don't remember the mechanism of it. Of um, uh, Anyway, that I, and yeah. a baseball bat that, yeah. while he's looking at it. Oh, yeah, and the baseball bat. Deadly weapons, and, and you cannot use deadly force. And they spent half the class telling you when you could not use a gun, and I just thought, well, fuck, I'm not, I just got. Mm-hmm. So if you see me coming, <laughs> yep. I've got the permit. Yep. Probably not going to have the device, but I will have some gel pepper spray because, you know, I do um, understand that that is necessary now. And I did not before. Yeah, here we go. Organophosphates. I knew that. I'm just getting old and it's been a long time since I've dealt with that. <laughs> so I will get you. I just won't get you with a bullet. Yeah. So you know, we learned something. Yeah. And uh, you won't ever have to do it again. No. And... Um, Thank you for uh, my, the best Father's Day ever, I guess. <laughs> and they've you got a couple good welcome. suggestions. Some, um, um, I think DP and the man are saying definitely some um, jujitsu classes. I'm thinking 
Sure. Krav McGraw classes. Yeah, Krav, Krav McGraw. She'd I be like whip, that. She'd be whipping some ass. Because uh, they said that, you know, they, they, they talked about the definition of deadly weapon, and hands can be deadly weapons in, the, in, in not just martial arts, but if you've got a big giant guy with big ham hands. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yep. Cracking. Yeah, my cranium. hands are not deadly weapons. But. No, but you could, you could, you could do some, you could do some uh, Israeli fighting techniques. I, I on, mean, I would like to take that class. I think yeah. that would be fun. Okay, I found what I was looking for because it was driving me crazy. Uh, the organophosphates uh, function by inhibiting the action of acetylcholine esterase in nerve cells. So that's an enzyme that actually, um, you know, modifies uh, acetylcholine. And uh, it's one of the most common causes of poisoning worldwide. As a matter of fact, the drug that you use to reverse it Mm -hmm. is the only truly engineered drug in the world. In other words, they saw how uh, far apart the acetylcholine esterase um, receptors were, and they designed a molecule that was exactly, you know, down to the nanometer. Wow. Uh, wide uh, by using organic chemistry and fiddling around with it. And when you give that to people, it, it displaces this stuff and it allows uh, the enzyme to work again. But we do have wasp spray in our house for protection. We, we do? also have a for, baseball bat. On, we, yes. We have wasp spray for protection from wasps. No. But what are you talking about? In, in our bedroom. That's, that, it, That's to protect you from him, isn't it? When he well, gets to the wild too. and woolly. Yeah. Isn't, okay, I think that's, pe- isn't that a big thing of pepper spray? No, I don't think so. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, I may be wrong. That's I, it. Who knows? But anyway, thank you for the. Uh, you're welcome, because it was hell. <laughs> the best. Yeah, those things it are was, it was just fun. It was so of, much fun sitting there doing this and then seeing, looking over at you, just shaking and just in, in abject, just. Error, anger and terror. No, I wasn't in anger. <laughs> I was not in anger at all. Okay, I, ennui. Maybe it was ennui. It, what is ennui? Just you know, up against a brick I wall. I was, I was very scared, and I wanted. And when you told me that I had already passed, I wanted to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, she passed. I was like, her, then why do I need to do the rest? You only of had this? to score a seventy, and she got a ninety on the first Oops. round. So she really didn't have, didn't have to shoot anymore. But you're required to shoot fifty rounds. Oh. But anyway, but well, but so it's done, and he was very he was the best instructor. Yeah, he was really good. Um, uh, and of course, people showed up thirty minutes late. Don't be those kind of people. That, that is really freaking ridiculous. Pissed me off. We're all just sitting there instead of starting. He's like, well, we should wait for these people, and they called, and they're oh, we're a little bit late. Literally showed up thirty minutes late. Mm-hmm. We still got out on time. But, because the the gun <laughs> store was like we're kicking you out on time <laughs> so and and anyway. then at the end he's showing us how to load all this all these different guns and i'm like whoa 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 it's way too much information anyway yeah anyway it is done and um happy father's day <laughs> way to go yeah, a, so on delightful. to our topics thank you all right topic number one hmm Daily pill could cut lung cancer deaths in half. Oh, what's Popular this? science. Okay, what is it? A subset of patients with early-stage lung cancer who had undergone surgery, published in the New England Journal of Medicine, brand named Tegriso by Erica Zen- oh, yeah. AstraZeneca. Yeah, I've heard of this. The pill is directed at specific receptor that helps cancer cells grow. 682 patients with non-small cell lung cancer. Right. 
which is one of the two lung cancers that make up to 85% of all lung cancers. Correct. Patients also had um, mutation in the epidermal growth factor receptor gene. Yeah. This can increase cancer's ability to grow, which can increase a patient's risk of cancer recurrence. Yeah, so this stuff is uh, olsimertinib. It's one of these uh, olsimertinib. These new drugs, I have to sound them out. The the monoclonal antibodies particularly. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it took me forever to get bevacizumab right by just looking at it, you know. Uh, But these things are... um, Kinase inhibitors, and they decrease an enzyme that um, a lot, that facilitates growth of the tumor. And yeah, you're right, Tace. Uh, people who took this early looks like uh, they uh, had a 51 percent decrease in lung cancer death if they had early stage lung cancer and then took it every day for three years. So that's now this amazing. mutation is also usually in patients who didn't smoke. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we have to find the one for the people that do. Yes. And now that they know this works, this is the one thing. You know, people rail against big pharma, and I am a sort of a Jimmy Dore, left-leaning libertarian, I guess. Uh, but um, where I disagree is about uh, having government control of pharmaceutical industry because I think it will – decrease innovation. I think it already has. Yeah. Well, to some degree it has. Mm -hmm. But these kinds of things, right now, there are people with a huge profit motive. And I look, I get it. Mm. You know, we don't want to be making money off of people's tragedy. But the profit motive does drive innovation in the sense that now that they know this does this for this one, they've just got to find the right kinase to block for the other ones. Now, there is a form of lung cancer called small cell lung cancer. And it kind of behaves like lymphoma early on in the course in the sense that when you treat them with chemotherapy, it tends to just go away. And then it's gone, and you go, wow, you know, your scan's completely uh, completely clear, and you think you're doing okay. And then about 12 to 18 months later, it comes back with a vengeance yeah. because the cells that were left behind are resistant to everything that you throw at it now. Uh, so we need this kind of thing for small cell lung cancer, and guaranteed— if you go to clinicaltrials.gov, they're looking at some tyrosine kinase inhibitor uh, for small cell lung cancer. Yeah. And when we find that, and we can increase that life expectancy. Well, now, I wondered what you would think about this. Now, five, year, five years after diagnosis, 88% were still alive compared to 78% That's right. of the placebo group. Yes. So these are people with early stage lung cancer. So a lot of them weren't going to die anyway. Okay. So this is, again, one of those... Relative risk versus um, versus absolute risk right things. On. So it looks like you know the the difference was about ten percent uh, in the absolute numbers. Yeah, you know, seventy eight to sixty eight. Um, but still, that's statistically significant. Well, yeah. this data is the first to show how targeted treatment for early stage lung cancer can impact patient survival. Yeah. 30 years ago, there was nothing they could do yeah, for these no, patients. that's right. That's right. It's crazy. And 30 yeah. years is like yesterday. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it really is. Yeah, it seems like it. Time. Yeah. 1990. Oh, I know. It's unbelievable. Come on now. Uh, what? I just graduated from yeah, high school. 90. 92, technically. Or 93. Oh, shit. It's oh, crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's bizarre. 
It's just bizarre. <laughs> God. <laughs> so fucking Wake old. up tomorrow. It's 30 years gone by. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I just found out that um, if I wait two more years, my Social Security payment cannot go any higher, so I have to start taking it. That's how old I am. Well. Where, how did that happen? <laughs> it's only good, clean living, Dr. Steve. <laughs> God. Good clean. Oh, my living. life just flew by me. Topic number two. Okay, sorry. I thought, a I cure thought, for sorry, baldness. What? But. What? Would you like to speak some more on that? No, no, no. I'm no. I was saying I forgot that we were still doing topic time. I got so wound up on that. How I old is dancing age? Yes. No, the whole 1990s thing was yesterday is something everybody our age feels. Okay. Good. Oh yeah. And, um, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's miserable in their life. <laughs> All right. No. So go ahead. A cure for baldness. Really? Scientists regrow hair using <clears throat> stem cells. And oh. this comes from Earth.com. Follicles in stem cells harden over time, impeding their ability to sprout hair. They found a way to soften these hair follicles, stem cells, thus revitalizing their ability to produce hair. Yeah. This resolves around a this revolves, sorry. I've had wine because I had to shoot a gun today. <laughs> this you revolves shot it really well, though. around a tiny RNA molecule known as MIR-205. Mm. By enhancing its production, they reduced its stem cell rigidity, diminished boosting hair growth in the process. They used mice as subjects. By overproducing MIR-205, an encouraging surge in hair growth occurred. It started to sprout in 10 days. Hmm. Oh, wow. Now, to find out if it works topically. Hmm. Yeah. That, that's, so stem cell-based therapies are, you know, stem cells are a big deal right Everything now. Everything that I do is about a damn stem cell. Right. Yeah. And so what stem cells are are these sort of multipotent cells that can turn into different things. When we first were developing... You know, the egg is just kind of one big stem cell, if you think about it, because it, it's it's a fertilized egg, mm -hmm. and then it divides and divides, and then all of a sudden, the cells are no longer just cells dividing. One is the front part of this, you know, this entity, and one is the back part, and then, you know, some things turn into spinal cord mm -hmm. uh, cells and something, you know, I, I'm not going to list every single kind of cell in the body, but it's amazing. But it all s stems from this sort of um, omnipotent or pluripotent cell. Now, is and this related to what we saved for our boys when they were born? Sure, we did. Uh, we saved cord blood, which... I, I actually talked to a hematologist because the, the boys are 20, 18 and 20. Do we need to keep that? And they said, yeah, it's still we could still use it for things. Mm -hmm. If they need a stem cell transplant down the road, they feel like they might be able to culture them from their cord blood and then give them their own stem cells instead of somebody else's. So yeah. that's pretty cool. But uh, you know where they get the um, stem cells for this uh, hair treatment? No. Fat cells. Oh. Yeah. So back in the day, they the controversy about stem cell therapy was they were getting the stem cells from fetal gotcha. blood, which were almost always due to a therapeutic or an elective abortion. Oh, okay. And so that people had um, uh, issues with that. It's like the vaccine folks. 
they'll say, well, I have a religious objection to vaccines. Like, well, where does it say anything about vaccines in the Bible? It's like, no, it's because they test these things on cell lines that were developed from aborted fetuses. Hmm. And so that, I mean, I, I can see that. I mean, okay. you know, they're not making any more aborted fetuses. These are uh, cell lines that are that live forever, but they, that's where they came from, and people have a conscious objection to that. So it's like, hey, vaccine people, if you want to get rid of that, uh, and when I say vaccine people, vaccine manufacturers, mm-hmm. if you want to get rid of that objection, test it some other way. You know, <laughs> Jesus, just come up with yeah. and say these are aborted fetus-free vaccines. And then you may get at least a subset of people that will go, okay, well, that was my only objection to it, and uh, and do it. But anyway, uh, in the beginning, they needed to do that. Now they found ways that they can take already mature, differentiated cells and turn them back into stem cells. Okay. And that's what this is about. Cool. So it's pretty neat. That is awesome. Yeah. Right. So if it works topically, there may not be any bald people. Hmm. Unless they choose to be bald. Unless mm-hmm. they choose to be. Now people will be just shaving their head just to be different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Okay, cool. Topic cool. number three. FDA clears beta bionics, Islet bionic pancreas. Steve, what? have you heard about oh, this? Oh, no, but we've been talking about bionic pancreases for quite some now, time. Now, this is really cool. So this is, it, it, but it may not be what you think. It's no carb counting required. Yeah. It's an automated insulin delivery system that in eliminates the need for carb counting. Correct. Type ones age six and over. It only needs to be you only need to know your body weight and you need to tell it if a meal is average in size or larger. Well you know, PA John has a thing like this. It senses so this is not implantable though, right? This is a no, device, so. an external and it, device. And it, and it, and it, and you gotta you gotta also give it its desired glucose target. Sure. Um, its launch date is not released yet, but I he he still is counting his carbs in his head. Yes, but he um, he has a device. It, it is he has a sensor that speaks to his insulin pump. Yes, and it drives him crazy because sometimes it will read low when the thing falls off, and then it's not giving him his insulin. He wakes up with an insulin of four hundred, yeah. or every once in a while it will malfunction. And give him too much insulin, he ends up. So it's not perfect, but it is. It's a, basically a sensor that uh, is implanted in his skin, and then it communicates with his pump and says, "Hey, I need more. I need more. I need less. I need less. I need less." Well, I guess this isn't that cool. No, no, no. It uh, apparently this is something different because it's all in one device. I think that's the difference. The pump's algorithm can automatically algorithm Algor- algorithm. Hmm. <laughs> Can you automatically see, make adjustments see, to insulin dosing. <laughs> FDA calls it a breakthrough device. You yeah. know, they don't do that very often. No, well, no, they don't. During studies, patients on the islet system spent 2.6 more hours a day in their target glucose range than others. Okay. One third used an AID system. Another used a pump without AID, and remaining were on injections. So they did, like, what John was on. Yep. Injections and then this, and 2.6 hours more in your target glucose range is pretty cool, I think. Okay, this is pretty interesting. So they, this article I'm looking at, says that there are commercially available things like PA John has. So this is the difference. Uh, uh, They are called uh, hybrid closed loop systems. They partially automate insulin delivery, 
but they still require significant input from users. And that's what you were talking about, uh, where John has to put in sometimes his glucose that he took so it could preemptively decrease it. So it's not just always being reactive because there's a little bit of a delay. And it says that they, uh, it, John would have to put in a basal rate of background insulin delivery and then insulin, insulin sensitivity factors and carbohydrate grams at each meal. So that's what you were talking about. So you're absolutely exactly. right. It says, in contrast, the device tested in this study uses algorithms that determine glucose delivery based only on body weight. And so that's pretty damn cool. Hmm. Yeah, it talked about how much time patients were saving. Yeah, and you want to see their hemoglobin A1Cs come down, which is a, a three-month measure of glucose control mm-hmm. as glucose attaches itself to hemoglobin molecules and those um, red blood cells that are you know, transporting hemoglobin around last about 100 days. And so it'll, the amount of glucose that is attached to the hemoglobin will give you kind of a a decent estimate of what your average blood sugar was. Because if you get somebody, and let's say they come to your office every week at uh, 8 a.m. and their blood sugar is perfect. But then they go and they eat donuts and stuff and they mm. eat pizza. Mm. And then, mm, and then their uh, blood sugar is 500 the rest of the day. You're not getting a good... Uh, um, a good impression of what their blood sugar is, but the hemoglobin A1C would then show you, hey, this person may have a blood sugar of 92 in your office, but their average blood sugar is 300. So uh, what we want to see is that these people live longer with fewer adverse effects because we're putting it on the on kids and getting them before their... Uh, uh, blood sugar gets so out of yeah, six and up. wang dang doodle yeah. that they have problems because I used to have kids that were uh, insulin dependent, insulin uh, dependent diabetics, and when they'd hit 12, 13, 14, of course the the um, hormones kick in, their blood sugar gets out of control, and then they get oppositional too. They're tired of being told what to do, right? And I would just tell them, listen. There's an artificial pancreas is coming. We'll, and then we will eventually have a pancreas islet cell transplant that will actually work. Right. And so just hang in there. Don't, you know, allow permanent damage to happen right now mm-hmm. for that. And most of the kids would get that, you know. Of course, I'd talk to them in their language. Man, it's like, <laughs> man, hey, let's sit down and rap, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more topic. <laughs> And I don't know what Scott feels about this, but can taurine? Taurine. Taurine. I'm glad you brought I was going to bring this one. Slow so. aging. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this one. Hmm. So taurine is an amino acid that is. Um, is this your topic, Tom? Or is no, this well, topic? okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, it's familiar in energy drinks. Yes. This paper was published um, June 8th in Science Researchers, and it shows taurine can slow aging in worms, mice, and monkeys. Mm-hmm. Ooh, monkeys. Taurine levels decline with age and can be boosted with exercise. It's not the f- fountain of youth, but maybe the promise that could get certain systems function better and act younger again. We make it naturally in the body, also get it there um, through diet by eating meat, fish, and eggs. There you go, Scott. Tasty. You're probably not getting any of fish. that. Fish. I'm a fish. He eats fish. Lots of fish, yeah. That's it. 
Animals just didn't live longer, but healthier. Supplemented mice lived on average 10 to 12% longer than old mice who didn't get it. Well, I'm not taking it. I'm Needs re- to be verified in too human late, studies. Too late. You know, is your life so bad? <laughs> no, I just. Do I make you so miserable I, that you're I, not taking I yearn. I yearn too for the peace late. that death will bring. <laughs> it's too late. Somebody else said that. What if it doesn't, though? Nobody knows. You know, what yeah. if it doesn't bring you peace, Steve? I'm. Uh, you better I, just stay here. I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm taking taurine now <laughs> after I saw this study. <laughs> when I see these studies, I, st- I get the supplement, you know. Uh, if you go to Dr. Steve or stuff.drsteve.com and scroll down, you can see the supplements that I use to really improve my peripheral neuropathy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when my neurologist said, oh, there's nothing you could do, I said, well, bullshit, I'm going to at least look some of this stuff up and found things on uh, in the, the good data isn't great. It's pretty good data, but it's not great because no one is doing double-blind, placebo-controlled, long-term studies on people with neuropathy that for with glutamine because it costs like ten cents a yeah, pill with nothing to make. Yeah, right. So they're not going to do it. So the data is decent. Uh, you know, my results are um, are anecdotal. But uh, we, it's good enough that I can put it on, you know, recommend it to patients. Right. And so, there, you know, <clears throat> the nutritional supplement um, industry is not just a complete horseshit. Mm-hmm. There are some supplements out there that really can help people. You know, you see this vast wall of nutritional supplements when you go to uh, a pharmacy like CVS or Walgreens or a natural pharmacy. Natural and, food stores. And, oh, oh. and they make... They make all kinds of claims on some of these things, but if you look at the data, there are some supplements that actually do something. For peripheral yeah. neuropathy, you've got glutamine, alpha-lipoic acid, myo-inositol. Uh, for um, uh, longevity, we've got phosphatidylserine. Yes. And uh, now taurine. Right. And uh, uh, citrus flavonoids. So... You know, and then there are some supplements that can help with well, just all kinds of stuff. So, but I, I, I never look at the bottle that says, "Oh, helps with immune health." It's like, oh, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So you want to look these things up or email me, and then maybe we could have a database that says this is what these things are good for. Actually, uh, Medscape has a decent supplement a database that has, uh, if you put in the supplement, it'll tell you what people claim it's good for and okay. what the data shows. Gotcha. What do you think about all these supplements people can buy from like um, these uh, multimedia? Is that what you call it? Multimedia? Or, what are you talking about, Tase? Um, like, triangle marketing scams. Oh, like pyramid, oh, pyramid schemes? Yeah, yeah. pyramid well, schemes. Yeah, I wouldn't think that. Oh, oh. I, you're talking about, I don't like, name any names. No. But where you could get the vitamins and stuff like that. Well, the ones that, mm-hmm. okay, cure your sleep, cure your pain, right. That's make you awake during the day. Yeah. I mean, they do absolutely like, everything. And all you need to spend is about 300 bucks a month. Right, right, right. And then you, you get these little packs of things and stuff. Yeah. Again, uh, they can't just show anecdotal, an- anecdotal, anecdotal data. Here, here's what a lot of them will do. Uh, rather than show you double-blind placebo-controlled studies or just even observational studies from the medical literature, they'll uh, have a 1,000 people, and they'll give it to them, and 900 of them will say, this stuff's bullshit. But the placebo effect is, let's say it's 
So then they'll have 100 people say, wow, yeah, I feel much better. And they'll have them do testimonials, and you'll have page after page after page of testimonials. If all they have is testimonial data, that ain't going to fly. You, I, I would be very suspicious. Now, I guarantee you they're <clears throat> not all bad because I no, love course. Rodan and Fields. I, I think well, that's I'm, I'm, a great product. Um, I don't know I what use, it is. Well, say. it's skin product. Okay. I yeah. mean, you know, you sell it, and then you get somebody else Oh, to of sell course. It. No, the things I mean, that people sell, there's many of them are really good. I'm yeah. just talking about <clears throat> the typical place that's selling sort of these panaceas, as you talked about. Yeah. That treat this and that and the other, and the only evidence that they have is anecdotal, you know, testimonials. Or they've got some really weak stuff. When they say, oh, well, it's clinically proven, go look at the study and see if it really is. Because many times it will be clinically proven in worms, like you talked about with taurine. Uh, I'll take it because it's an amino acid that we use that can't really hurt unless the uh, process that makes it is flawed, which is what happened with, um, uh, with tryptophan. Do you remember that? I, I had a few of those patients back in the mm-hmm. in the eighties where they were taking L tryptophan for sleep mm-hmm. and it turned out that the manufacturing process was incorrect and they were taking something other than L-tryptophan and it caused a, a condition called uh, eosinophilic myositis with scleroderma. So they had the really thick skin and they had uh, uh, immune problems and muscle, it just horrible oh muscle my. pain and stiffness and it killed some people. I don't remember that. Yeah. yeah it was, and it was just one lot of uh, tryptophan that caused the problem. So yeah, I always buy my stuff from now or nature. Was it nature made? You like that? Yeah, one? I like they seem to be good. So anyway, I like them. All right, very interesting. Yeah. So, so that concludes our time of topics. Yay! Thank you. Great job. It's Tacy's time of topics. All right. After a really good, rough you. day. That's pretty. <laughs> I can't. Did you do that today? No. Okay. Phew. No, right. I did that this week. All right. Let's. Uh, this so is a question. Oh, we should probably play the disclaimer, though, first, right? Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. <clears throat> Thank you, Ronnie B. We're going to take a question from a really cool listener. Hang on. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, Dr. Scott. It's Baron from Illinois. When I was around 17 years old, I felt something hit me in the side of the head. Upon further investigation, I realized nothing hit me in the side of the head. Something popped out of my head. <laughs> it was a giant ball of earwax. Oh. Bigger than a marble, smaller than a nickel in diameter. And it had hair in it. Nice. And Yummy. The rest was just earwax. Yeah. You pop it in Have your you mouth. Have you ever heard of anything like this? And what kind of pressure is there for that to be popped out of my head? Thanks. I'll hang up and take your uh, answer off the air. All right, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you want to talk about this one? Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, earwax is uh, called cerumen. It's basically a um, a form of oil that gets thick and that's but it's secreted by cells in the ear canal to just sort of line it and protect it right but it can build up over time mm-hmm. 
And if you get a big glob of this stuff in there, it can harden and it can actually occlude it. Yes. And I'm, I don't know if it was a change in air pressure or if he popped his ears, you know, and then and his tympanic membrane, the eardrum popped out and it decreased the potential space between this right. bolus and the uh, eardrum, and that caused the thing to pop out, or if it was barometric pressure, mm-hmm. because it would be under a certain pressure, if all of a sudden he, the outside pressure was lower than the inside pressure, mm-hmm. it would pop out. Or if there was a roach that was in there that just said, oh, I, I, you know, I'm tired of being kicked in here, it kicked it out. <laughs> or it just fell out, and he, it just was weird, and he felt like it it popped out. That's what I was going to say, because, you know, for yeah. the tympanic membrane is so tight anyway, so for yeah. it, to, it doesn't, it's not going to move much at all. It won't. When you pop your ears, though, it will pop out, right. and when you are on an airplane, for example, and yeah. you go up, it will pop uh, it it will um, pop out toward the outside. Then when right. you go down, it will bend in toward the inside. So you want to yawn or chew gum going up, but on the way down, you want to blow. Mm-hmm. You know, with, occlude your nose, put your head forward, and blow against pressure, and it'll pop your ears back. But yeah. so I, you know, and it's it's got to be fractions of millimeter though. Yeah. It's almost like that thing had to. To fall out when it did to just create that vacuum, so it felt like it popped. Yeah, it's got to be. You know, because yeah. that's 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 a hell of a lot of. Wax. I think just when something falls <laughs> out of your ear like that, it's going to feel yeah, weird. Your, your, your brain <laughs> can't interpret it, and the hair is just from having hair. Ear, There's hair. Ear hair. Yeah. So you're just gross, dude. Yeah. But, Congratulations. That's yeah. A, that's something we. If that yeah. happened then, though, it's probably gonna still, do it again, still yeah. happening. <laughs> so you you may want to get a thing called a murine ear kit. Mm. That's the old school way of doing it, where you put uh, glycerin with hydrogen peroxide in it in the in your ears while you lay down with your bad ear up, and then watch an episode of Seinfeld. You know, it's about 20, 20, 30 minutes. And then you take a bulb syringe and you immerse it in warm water, fill it up, and then put your ear over the sink and then lavage out your ear and try to just, you could do that once every three months just as a routine maintenance. I hate it when I go to the doctor and they look in my ear and go, okay, I got to get the curette out. They got to gouge out yeah. disgusting earwax from my ear. So, yeah. Do you remember that one time that all that stuff came out of your ear? Out of my ear? Yeah. No. You told me about it. You didn't let me see it, but you told me all hmm. about it. What? What did I tell you? I do not remember that. It was this. a big wad of stuff and it had hair in it. Well, okay, same thing. It was, pro- it was just probably a big bolus of wax. And people will come in and they can't hear. And they're very grateful when you look in there and say, well, it's earwax, and we have these big, giant silver syringes that we can usually get it out with one or two pumps. And they're very grateful because all of a sudden the pressure is gone and they can hear yeah, again. Yeah, you were like, wow. <laughs> so, I'm so it's gross. So, I don't so disgusting. That. I am gross. I don't remember that. You're I mean, not gross. The human body is disgusting it's anyway. Disgusting. But I don't shoot guns for gross people. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, anyway, they they sell a spray bottle type lavage uh, for the ear now. This is a relatively recent um, invention. Or that's been, well, it's not a new invention, but it's been brought to the market. And it's a little bit um, higher pressure and maybe a little more focused than the old school blue bulb syringe. So that's for people that really have it bad. Yeah, this morning on the CBS Morning News, they actually had a brand new... Somebody invented like a, a lavage for your ear. Oh, really? Yeah. Like the lavage? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you have to kind of lean your ear over the sink and 
squeeze it in there. It looked, it looked pretty good. Is it motorized? Yeah. Oh, so it is like a Nevada. Oh, very much like a Nevada. They Steve. should call it an Otan. We'll do a Ooh. contest to see who can get the most. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Is it on the market already? Because yes, I'll buy is. one. Yeah, it is. Yep. Just for routine I'll care. I'll pull it up. You know how you women, before you go to the gynecologist, you kind of spruce up down there and stuff? Or the... Um, <laughs> Or the or the GI, like um, oh yeah, right. when I when I saw my GI after I um, did my procedure, he said colonoscopy. You mean yeah? Ray he saw said your I, ass crack. I, he said I tell people just don't do anything down there. It always looks better before than it does after. And I said don't tell me that. I spent half an hour taking care of things ew, down there before. Ew! What did you take care of? No, I don't know. You know what? I don't know what I, I took care I of, Steve. I can't see I, it. I, I don't want to know. It's fine. I, I just shaved just know. in case. I didn't feel any hair. But, but you know how you guys do it. So you guys do that, um, you know, get, take care of things in that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, I will do that now with my ears before I get somebody looking at my ear. It's oh sort God, of the same thing. Let's do that. But uh, I, Tacey is correct on the ass, the anus thing. Because if you do your colonoscopy, and I've told this story before, I won't tell the whole story, but the uh, I do my colonoscopies without anesthesia. Mm-hmm. And so you're laying down and you can see the screen that they're looking at. And right before the scope, because now you can see your ass, you can see your ass, and then it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and there's your you know, your anus, and all of a sudden it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's filling up the whole screen right before the the tube enters into mm-hmm. the rectum. And you can see your disgusting, foldy ugh, anus mm-hmm. filling up a six-foot TV screen. That's the worst part about having a colonoscopy without anesthesia for me. The rest of it's a cakewalk after seeing that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I see the nurses and all that on, in the hospital, and I'm like, I know that's what they're thinking about when they see me and say hi. Your ass. Yeah, just a, my giant, disgusting anus. Love it. Ugh. Aww. Anyway, all right. Poor little boy. I ain't going to bless it. Hey, Dr. Steve. Yeah. Uh, good. Good. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Good. How's it going, man? Um, Whatever. So, <laughs> I have a cannabis question, a uh, question. Excellent. Um, I'm on uh, medical marijuana now. I've since uh, quit drinking. Oh, good. Because um, I said when uh, marijuana became legal, I would, you know, just stop drinking. Okay. Well, someone who made themselves a promise and actually stuck to it, good for them. I don't know. I felt like it was better. Yeah. Um, if the point is to get altered and get a little higher or, or uh, yeah, whatever. feel some kind of way, then uh, I, I always thought that uh, medical or marijuana, rather, was just a better way to do it, uh, healthier anyway. Okay. Um, but because um, I do primarily edibles, I don't smoke. Yes. Um, and that gets processed through the liver. I was curious if there was any um, data on, like, you know, obviously we know alcohol can damage the liver uh, in, you know, too, like if you do it too much, if you drink it too much, um, or maybe even if you right. just drink it all, I think there's liver damage involved. But does THC that gets processed through the liver um, do the same thing? Like, it, can you just you know eat edibles every day? Um, 
you know, a couple times a day and essentially be doing liver damage to yourself, or is because of the way it gets processed, it's more like food or something Great like question. that? I, I Great know. question. Great question. Yeah. The, the, the liver is designed to detoxify things. The, the problem, when you, when you eat an edible, you're talking about 10 milligrams of THC. Right. At, at most. So, you know, some people are insane and do 100, but... Mm-hmm. You know, 2.5 to 10 milligrams. When you're drinking alcohol, it's just constant. It goes on for hours. And it really stresses the liver a lot more. THC, uh, he's absolutely right. After oral consumption, it travels to the liver. Really, most of it's eliminated or metabolized. So the THC is changed into other molecules by this system called cytochrome P450. And they turn THC into 11-hydroxy tetrahydrocannabinol, uh, which is psychoactive. Then the second time it goes through, it changes it into 11 uh, carboxyl, oh, oh, let me see, carboxyl hydroxy tetrahydrocannabinol, and that is not psychoactive. So, um, you know, 65% of it is excreted in the fecal matter and then 20% in the urine, which is where we pick it up for urine drug screens, by the way. So, um, you know, most of it's going to be gone in about five days, although for chronic users, it'll be there all the time. I, I will say this. I have never seen a single case of cirrhosis that was pegged at THC use. Right. I've seen adverse effects from chronic THC use. Yep. Don't get me wrong. Yep. Cyclic vomiting syndrome being the, the worst that I've seen. And that's one where people use it all the time. And you'd say, well, THC is good for vomit, nausea and vomiting. Yeah, in in intermittent doses. But if you take it every day, there are some people that just start puking on a cyclic basis. And it's oh. horrendous. And if they stop ingesting uh, THC, then it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. But anyway, okay, so that's really why. It's a, a difference. The, it, taking a gummy is more like medicine to the liver because it peaks and then it's gone. Right. Whereas alcohol is just wears it on and on and on and first pass, second pass, third pass takes a while for the liver to get rid of it. And then, you know, the alcohol is actually doing damage to the liver cells. So, all right. If I see something different about that, I mean, we can talk about adverse effects of, of marijuana, but, uh, cirrhosis in one of them. All right. Yo, big Steve. Hey man. Bobby C. What Big up? Steve. I was wondering. That's my name. I woke up the other day, well, more than a week ago, with limited strength and dexterity in my right arm. Yeah. It's been pretty persistent. I haven't done anything strenuous. I was wondering yeah. what could cause this sudden sort of flopping it around, slapping it about, yeah, you know. But still, just uh, weird. My arm don't work no good. It is weird, and I think I know what it is. Scott, you got any idea? What do you say? He just woke up and he... He woke up, yeah. and his right arm is floppy. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a pretty severe pinched nerve, but no pain. Right, but yeah. what is it, though? Brachial plexus? Mm. Possibly. Mm. Possibly. You know what? You've not given it be, any... It could be regular plexus today because you yeah. forgot about yeah. them. No, I didn't forget That's about exactly them. That's yeah. exactly what I'm gi- happened. I'm giving he them to myself. <laughs> He's giving himself. I'm giving internal bells to myself because <laughs> I'm, I've been so awesome today. No, um, 
this is almost because people this will happen to people and if they have left arm weakness and they're a young person and he sounds pretty young and then it goes away that can be a sign of a migraine uh, uh, some okay. migraines okay. do that but okay, he's talking about floppy floppy arm mm-hmm. and his wrist is floppy i'm going to guess i wish i had him on the phone this is classic for a thing called saturday night palsy and dr scott is correct mm-hmm. it is a neurologic problem but it saturday is caused palsy. by direct pressure <laughs> onto the upper medial arm or it can be the armpit so that would be brachial plexus okay. so i'll give you give thyself a bell give you part of a bell you know what you can go screw. It, it's you get to give yourself you know what? one. I but shoot it, guns it, for you. Yep. Okay. You know what? Hearken to thine inner ah, voice and give thyself big bell. a bell. A big, she gets a full bell. Yeah, I'll see. It. You're right. I get you. Right. Yeah, you do get anyway, it, don't you? Scott? This is a compressive neuropathy. <laughs> right. That and uh, the weird thing is, is that the hand, the hand will not work when the wrist is fully flexed. Gotcha. It, you can't, it's, uh, you lose dexterity. So what they'll have you do is they put you into a brace where the wrist is extended, and at least you can still use your fingers. Hmm. And then you can use your arm. For how and, long do you have to wear the brace? Um, it, it can be ugh, anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks, usually. Really? Now, you do need to see somebody to make sure that they're making the diagnosis but uh, correctly, and there are some tests that they can do to confirm it Um particularly a, a electromyogram and nerve conduction velocity. Uh, but it's, it's generally a clinical diagnosis, and the, it's almost always, well, it is always, the person wakes up, and they fell asleep with their arm over their head on a chair, and they were drunk, or they fell asleep, and they laid with their head on their arm, and they were drunk. It's almost always they were intoxicated or uh, it could be a prolonged nod from opioids or something like that, but they slept How on it. Because... I know I have had that yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always go to bed. I've never seen you pass out anywhere but in the bed. So you always go to bed and then you pass out drunk. I've never seen Not you on like, the kitchen pass out. table yeah, or on the kitchen table or something. <laughs> Except the time when we were in New Orleans and you passed out in patoots Ooh, listening to Jimmy Thibodeau. That was really bad. With your head on the table, and I'm but, like, <laughs> but there were many more things bad that happened that night, <laughs> oh and God. that was the. Have we ever told that it. story on this show? No, but we don't need to. Oh my God! Let's just move along. That was uh, it was Next the question. greatest. People like the questions mm-hmm. best. Question. Yes, of course they do. Uh, the problem Thanks. is we we're just about out of time. So All what right. I want this guy okay. to do is go see somebody yes. and make sure yeah. that that's what it is. And uh, the problem is that phone call came in in September. Oh. <laughs> and this is what June, not September. So way to it, go, Steve. If you have an emergency, <laughs> don't call and leave a voicemail for us. I mean, you can, but then call 911 or call your primary care. Make sure you get it taken care of. I hope he's okay. Oh, I mean, I hope he still doesn't have I texted him. Arm. I texted him. Okay. Yeah, was, yeah. God, dude, I've been waiting for you for the last nine months. <laughs> hey, Dr. Scott, before we go, Diesel Child had a question. Okay. And they said um, if you take Viagra, which is a vasodilator, and you take caffeine, which is a vasoconstrictor, do they cancel each other out? And the answer is it really doesn't work that way. Mm. Number one, uh, sildenafil, the active ingredient in Viagra, is uh, a phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitor. When Basically what it does, it decreases the um, 
uh, function of an enzyme that results in an increase in nitric Nitrous. oxide. Yes. Nitric oxide. <laughs> and its substrate is um, arginine. Okay. So uh, the uh, our, the nitric oxide increases, and uh, you get increased blood flow in certain places of the body. One is the pulmonary artery, so it decreases pulmonary hypertension. I will use it for that for mm-hmm. people who have high blood pressure in the in the in the um, lungs, th- the vessel going from the heart to the lungs. Right. And that's a problem. When you the blood pressure is too high, you get right heart failure because the right heart isn't designed to pump Push hard, uh, right. against a lot of pressure. And then it will increase blood flow in the muscles. So that's why people like to use arginine uh, for um, weightlifting and stuff. They'll, okay. t- they'll pre-treat themselves with arginine gotcha. in, a, in the hopes that they'll increase the nitric oxide, increase blood flow to the muscles while they're working them out. And then the other place it does it is the, you know, the juncal region, mm-hmm. the good old male membership. It will increase blood flow to the penis and decrease outflow. And so what you end up with is an erection. Uh, whereas before you might have had half one or none at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, caffeine is, if anything, a very weak vasoconstrictor, and it kind of has more systemic effects. So right. the, the if you can drink coffee and take sildenafil at the same time because the sildenafil's effect on those uh, areas that it has effect is much more pronounced than any effect that caffeine yeah, has. Yeah, take a hell of a lot of caffeine offset yeah, that. I'm not, it's, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so there's that one. Yep. That's a good question. What yeah. else you got? Well, I've got a great one from, from Donna Bell. Um, what's Donna, Donna Bell. Oh, no, Donna Bell. When you lose weight, where does it go? Do you, <laughs> do you pee it out? Do you yes. breathe it out? So, yeah, so that's a good question. <clears throat> so when what you, you can lose weight by taking um, a, a Lasix. You know, a diuretic and just, in and out. And just out water. pee out a bunch of fluid yep. and you'll lose weight. But what we really want to do, right, is we want to re-sculpt our body and lose fat. So the process of breaking down fat is called lipolysis. And um, they, the fat cells in your body will first shrink. Right. So they get smaller because they're storage cells, mm-hmm. Right. And then they will eventually, you know, involute if they're not needed. Mm-hmm. So uh, what happens is, and I've noticed this, when I am losing fat because I'm on a low-carbohydrate diet, I tend to notice that I'm peeing out. I'm, I have more urine output. Okay. And so, we, yes, the, the weight, quote-unquote weight, is excreted as byproducts of the use of fat cells to create energy. Right. Because that's what they're there for. Right. It's just like a squirrel socking away nuts. nuts. And for the wintertime, the body squirrels away energy in the... in uh, the, the fat cells. Right, in the, the form yeah. of fat cells. Yeah. Now, there's another place where it stores it as well, which is, um, it, you know, car- carbohydrate chains. And uh, it's called glycogen. And then glycogen is stored in the liver and in the um, muscle tissue. And uh, if you take in no carbohydrates, glycogen will be used first to create energy because it's readily available. And when you hear of people who are marathon runners that hit the wall, Mm -hmm. that's because they've run out of glycogen. That's why those people 
not archers, Kirk, <laughs> uh, not not gamblers don't need to carb load, oh, no. but people need to carb load if they are at risk of running out of glycogen in whatever activity they're doing. And when they hit the wall, it means that they're going from a glycogen-type metabolism to all of a sudden they're having to break down proteins in their muscles and fat cells as quickly as they possibly can. And it's very difficult to do. So you have to condition yourself to uh, be able to store more glycogen. Well, anyway, uh, so but I noticed that when I'm on a low-carb diet and I deplete my body of glycogen and I start into the um, ketosis, which is really what it's saying is there's lipolysis going on. Mm -hmm. uh, you're breaking down fats to make energy uh, that a lot of that is excreted in the urine, you know, the byproducts of that. Okay. Okay. All right. All Fabulous. Right. That's my hypothesis anyway. That's sort of my sort of policy. Well, I know when I lose weight, when, when I weigh myself the next morning after I've peed a lot, I have lost a significant amount of yeah. weight. Yeah. Yep. Because with women, you can gain and lose four pounds in a day. It's ridiculous. Um, there, there is another place. And did they say lungs? Did they say? She asked if you breathe it out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to have to give her a bell for that. Give thyself a bell. I think that's the first. I think Sean's got a couple. So um, you, oh. the water is, the, is one of the um, sources of quote-unquote weight loss when you break down fat. Mm -hmm. One of the ways that the body gets rid of the stuff. But uh, apparently, the lungs are the primary excretory organ for fat. You excrete tons of carbon dioxide because oh. yeah, it's carbon dioxide and water that are the byproducts. Gotcha. You, and, you know, the ketone bodies are sort of intermediary, intermediate bodies when you're trying to uh, break down fat to make uh um, to make energy. And it's interesting. If you get little kids, can go into ketosis really fast. You get a kid with um, a, a, like a gastroenteritis where they haven't eaten for 12 hours or something, they'll have ketones in their urine mm -hmm. because they, they go very quickly to uh, a fat metabolism to maintain their energy. Pretty neat. Good stuff, Dr. Steve. All right. All right. Well, listen, everybody. Thank you, uh, guys. Thanks. Always go to Dr. Scott and to Tacey and Thank to you. everyone in the uh, the fluid family, the fluid family are folks that listen to us and watch us sort of live uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at weird medicine. You just follow our Twitter at weird medicine or subscribe and like the, the channel. But if you subscribe and turn on the notifications, it'll tell you when we go live. It's usually Saturday afternoon. We try to do it at one, but today we had a really fun activity. <laughs> That, and uh, it's also becoming summertime, so 1 o'clock is kind of... Yeah, and maybe what we ought to do is do it in the evening when it's cooler up here anyway. And give oh, us something to do. No. No? Because you'll be shit-faced. Because, okay. yeah. of course, you have to, right? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, Sirius Channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's Pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules, podcasts, and other crap. And until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps. Quit smoking, get off your asses, get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Goodbye, Medicine. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm. See you.